why would I be mad? You know, because it's next Tuesday. It's our day. It's our loaded days. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Welcome back to That's Loaded. Loaded. I just need to start like pausing after that. Just <laughs> let you to let me sprinkle have my... in your song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, we're a Sofa King iconic podcast with Caitlin B. And Sarah Bell. Woo! Guys. This week. We... Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Let, I, let me have my moment. I was just saying. Okay. This week, we're back at it with some loaded true crime words true crime content whoa baby true crime content you guys asked for more so you know we had to deliver deliver the juice and uh yeah by by we delivering the juice i mean sarah has some amazing stories for us and i'm very excited (laughs) i'm delivering the juices and that's that's what i'm here for sounds disgusting uh yeah she's the true crime queen we did one episode on this in the past you guys loved it so we're like i mean might as well just twist this my some kind of series you know uh she dug up some like dark and twisted stories apparently for us so i'm yes, pretty yes, excited yes. not gonna lie it's like 10 a.m over here in, in la so um what what are you gonna like you let want? me talk are you no. ever gonna let me talk this okay. is my podcast you are a guest <laughs> Am I going to have a moment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. go for it, go for it. So this time I wanted to pick cases that were not heard of because, you know, as much as I love backpacking off of other people's podcasts, I was like, maybe (laughs) I should, maybe I should do my own research, you know? How do you even begin with, with true crime research? Because I just don't even know where to start with that. Um, well, funny you ask. I have known about a little, like, two true crime stories that were based in Cincinnati, which if you guys don't know this, Cincinnati is where I'm from. Well, technically, I'm, like, from five minutes south of Cincinnati, but that's a whole other story. Cincinnati actually has, like, so much history, which is actually really interesting, probably why I'm the way I am. Cincinnati Mm. is, like, right on the river, the Ohio River, and back in the days – it was like a hopping place to be and in the old days. Fun, fun little fact. This is so cool. The city where I had a college house at, which was Newport, Kentucky, which is again like five minutes south of Cincinnati, mm-hmm. was actually supposed to be what Vegas is now. <laughs> what? Like a lot of the Vegas casinos, like if you trace back their roots, they're from Newport, Kentucky because Newport, Kentucky had a huge mob scene back in the day. Weird. I didn't even know that. And a lot of the casinos were owned by mobsters, which Ooh. is crazy. So you yeah. could have like lived in Vegas. basically by Vegas, I'm our like, favorite wonder... place on earth. I know that would have I... been that would have changed the course of Kara history. We, you probably would have been sick of it, probably talking shit on it because you grew up by it, and you're like, mm-hmm. it's so overrated. But now. It's just a whole new world for us. It's a it's whole our new escape. world. Wow. Granted, whole this was like ni- early 1900s when it was supposed <laughs> to be like the Vegas. So Newport, Kentucky isn't really that cool anymore. Um, but there is like a Damn tour it. that I really want to take that my mom keeps bringing up to me. And it's like you can tour um, like all of the old architecture and stuff that were owned by mobs and you can Ooh. get like a history on it. So I was like, maybe That's I need to cool. do that for the, for the loaded listeners. Ooh, I think they like would absolutely love that. Right. I think it's a must. So fun little facts about Cincinnati. I picked two cases today. Um, Whee! mainly cause turns out researching's hard. <laughs> uh, yeah, because it's like so many cases have also been covered. You don't want to just regurgitate the same information that's been mm-hmm. out there, but also try to find like new interesting ones. But also when they haven't been covered, it's hard to probably find information about it. You know what I mean? Correct. So. I did some research and it looks like neither of these cases were covered by podcasts. Oh so snaps for sale. You heard it here first, that. folks. <laughs> she did that. You heard it here she first. Really just did like that. See you next Tuesday. But <laughs> wow, I'm very excited uh, for these As true crime Cincinnati uh, stories today. I had the most 
gnarly cramps last night and this morning mm. because I'm getting my oh, yeah. period. So I might start dripping blood like during this podcast, which I feel like is pretty <laughs> on brand for That's this episode. So I'll let you know if it starts happening. Uh, I'll keep you on your toes. If it runs down your leg like last – or was it last week's podcast? When that Two weeks ago uh, podcast? Yeah, it might have been – might have been two, two weeks. weeks. Gosh, I can't even remember. But we're two weeks off anyway now from yeah, each other. Gosh, we used to so be annoying. synced up for we were so years. synced from yeah. like the to the almost the day of we were yeah. we were synced. There was mm-hmm. one time when I remember it was November 2016. Don't ask me why I remember this. What the fuck? I got a text from you being like wow i just started my period randomly out of nowhere and i was like dude me too and then i got a text from my best friend from college anella mm-hmm. who we had just like she came out to la in mm-hmm. november and so did you what i don't know if you remember that yeah of um, course. to visit me you had a and moment. she started her period on the same day what the hell not it's, weird. I, I don't know like the the science behind it, but it so it just freaks me out that we can just sync up with with each other, just like by being around it, your your hormones or whatever. Just like yeah, let's start. Also, because my period is coming, I I've, I probably mentioned this before, but I get you know like horrible nightmares before my period, and this week was no joke. I <laughs> last night I dreamt that there was a cannibal on the streets of Hollywood and mm. I was somehow like in Hollywood. So I was running from this cannibal. The day before I dreamt that my Uber driver like brought me to this deserted, like I had a cabin in the woods and I got there and I was like, this guy seems kind of weird. And I I walk out to like the backyard and he just, I had a family of six siblings for some reason in this dream. Uh, all of them were slaughtered just on in the backyard, just like lined up. I was like, Thank God, this is a fictitious family because this is a little dark. And uh, and then I dreamt that, oh my God, I just forgot about this until now. There was, I was like at my high school in the dark and another killer just like killed one of one of these, you know, again, fictitious classmates of mine. I'm like, like in front of me, I'm like, what the hell is, I don't know if anyone else has like horrifying nightmares before their period, but I don't know what the fuck is wrong with me, but I feel extra ready for your stories today. I feel like it was just like prepping and priming me for these for these true crimes. On our little platform that we record on, Caitlin's mm-hmm. name is Ted Bundy, so she's a little <laughs> insensitive, which is kind of ironic because last po- podcast we were talking about Zac Efron's new face, and mm. now you're Ted Bundy, which he was Ted Bundy, obviously. He was. That's that's what I'm trying to channel right now, the Zac Efron version, you know? Nice. Isn't – oh, did you see that uh, Evan Peters, which if you guys don't yes. know, that's Evan Peters from American Horror Story. We stand The Evan he Peters of all Evan is Peters. playing, I think, Jeffrey Dahmer. Is that right? Yes, I believe so. I did see that and I thought of you instantly. I was like, this has Sarah written all over it, serial killers and Evan Peters. <laughs> I know. I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> I'm so excited. You guys, I have to tell you this fun baby. story. So when we first moved here, so like four years ago, mm-hmm. we went to one of our favorite bars, which is the Fox. It's like a speakeasy. It's Love. got Alex's name written all over it. We're like mm. waiting for him to come so we can take him here, there because he would love it. And we walk in and it's like very small, 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 mm-hmm. small bar. And Cody is very observant of his surroundings. And he goes, Sarah, Evan Peters is here. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Why would Evan Peters be here? That is so annoying. I mean, fair question. Fair question. Right? And I look up and there he is with Emma Roberts. I was like, holy shit. She was there too. Weird. She was (gasps) wasted. Like so drunk. She, do you remember when, like, I guess grade school, you would take your coat and you would just put the hood over and you wouldn't put your body <laughs> through any other parts of it? <laughs> yes. That's what she Why was that a was thing? Doing. Oh, my God. I don't know. Emma, ask Emma Was she Roberts. trying to be, like, incognito? Like, no one will recognize her if she has, no. like, her hood up? Pretty sure she was just wasted. Because, mm. I, I mean, that. she wasn't covering anything. <laughs> I don't know. I was oh like, my gosh, that's amazing. so random, but also so iconic. It was right after he I filmed the cult. This is obviously back when they were still together because now yeah. she's oh, with yeah. some other dude. They have a baby together. Mm-hmm. And 
in the Colt series for American Horror Story, he had his hair blue. So I guess he had just shaven off his uh, hair. Because oh. I, I probably, I mean, I would have recognized him, but it, it wouldn't be like my eyes wouldn't go right. straight to him. You know what I mean? Exactly. Another thing we realized whenever I saw him in real life, I remember texting you right after and being like, for some reason, Evan Peters looks like Amanda Stanton's child. Oh my God. Yes. Uh, the older one. Kinsley Kins? or something. They look so similar. They have really similar features. Like if you yes. told me he was the father of her child, I'd be like, you're right. Like that's probably true. Absolutely. They look so it's creepy. similar. Oh my god! I highly recommend you guys pulling it up on Google while you're listening to this because it will blow your mind. <laughs> Kinsley <They> look, Stanton. <laughs> they look identical. It's weird. They really do. Oh, she's so cute. Oh my gosh. She's so cute, but – I don't know how we got from Jeffrey Dahmer to here, but we did. That's in <laughs> the magic of that's loaded. And I'm sorry if you can hear things in the background. Cody's making a sandwich. I can hear it. I don't know if they can hear it, but I love it. You know, when you got to eat, you got to eat. Go oh. ahead and make as much sound as you want. While he's okay. stuffing a body into a bag in the back. I have a loaded review of the week. I can, I can uh, pull up. Go for it. That was hot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this week's loaded review of the week goes to not a regular mom. She goes, love, how am I 26 and just now learning about OTPHJs? Oh, my God. I screenshotted this exact review. Did you really? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I love I Twins. Love. I've been feeling so down and lonely because COVID has kept me pretty isolated. Plus, I have a baby and get-togethers and making new friends just isn't <laughs> happening right now. But you guys are great and make me feel like I'm catching up with my girlfriends, two girls who are my age talk, talking about the same topics. My friends and I would always talk about over drinks and dinner. Can't love this podcast enough. You are so sweet. Thanks for hanging oh, out with that. us. We are so close to 350 ratings on Apple Podcasts. So if you guys haven't done that, we highly, highly, highly recommend just hitting that five stars. And making our week. It's so sweet. Yes. If you enjoy our podcast at all, we would really appreciate it. We love you we guys. Really, really, we love you guys. You're the we best. Can the best. Gucci, Gucci, Gucci. <laughs> On that note. <laughs> Sorry. I was just having a moment with my microphone. Moment if you want to call that. Got yeah. little. Okay. So – I don't know how long this episode's going to be because I have so much research for one case and then the other one is just kind of like – I mean, it, it's still got a lot of research but not as much as the other one. I have a little segment for the end. So, yeah, let's you just do. dive into – yeah, a little little surprise for you. So let's just dive into some true crime. Mm, okay. <laughs> let's get through this then. So <laughs> the murder of Pearl Bryan. Pearl Bryan? Pearl Bryan. That's the yep. cutest little name. Pearl well, it's clearly an old name because this takes place in the late 1800s. Ooh. So this is probably the first true crime I had ever heard of because it actually takes place from where I'm literally from, which is Fort Thomas, Kentucky. Weird. We don't have a lot of things that happen in Fort Thomas. And when there is something that happens, everyone kind of freaks out about it and like clings mm. on to it. Yes. And just to give you guys a little background, Fort Thomas is a very quiet suburb of Cincinnati, about five minutes south of downtown. And we, like I said, like to live in the past. That's just who we are. <laughs> I'm picturing just everyone in like pilgrim outfits. Anyway, oh, Fort Thomas never makes the news. And I'm pretty sure the last time Fort Thomas was really talked about was when the Beverly Hills Supper Club burned down in the 1970s. And oh, I gosh. can talk about that sometime if it ever interests you because it's a really interesting story. Like Frank Sinatra used to perform there. It was like an actually big supper club where celebrities would go whenever they'd come to Cincinnati, which I'm mm -hmm. like, why would celebrities ever come to Cincinnati? But apparently they did. But let's discuss this murder of Pearl mm -hmm. Bryan in or 1893. This is, this is going to get a little gory. So is this like you said kind of when something happens in your town, everybody clings on to it. Is this a story or a crime that everybody knows about then? Yes. Who, where you're from. Okay. Yes. Because, I mean, I learned about this when I was in elementary school because there's this white house 
that was right next to my elementary school because and that is apparently where this took place Ooh, okay very close so, to home yeah so every time i'd walk by it i'd be like oh my god i saw a ghost <laughs> of course because you know being dramatic is fun <laughs> me never pearl today mom <laughs> So I never made the connection until recently that the story totally parallels that to the Black Dahlia in so many ways, which, you know, we all kind of know. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of why I wanted to share the story. So Pearl Bryan was the daughter of a wealthy farmer, and she lived in Greencastle, Indiana. I did some research to find out where that was because the only place I know in Indiana is Indianapolis. No offense to Indiana, but there's not much going on there. And for anyone who's familiar with the major cities of Indiana, it's located right in between Indian and Terre Haute. And it's definitely not close to Cincinnati. It's a 2.5-hour car ride away today, which I have no idea how far away that was back then. But I would imagine it was more than two and a half hours. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't know how fast cars went back then. And I'm pretty sure highways weren't around then. Yeah. Side note, how do They didn't have cars. They didn't have cars back then? When was this? 18? Did you say 1800? Oh, my God. When 1890s. Were cars- <laughs> oh, 1890s? Oh, my God. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Let me Google. <laughs> okay. So she took a, she took a horse. So well, safe to say fine. more than two and a half hours. Carry on. <laughs> Her family and friends weren't aware that she was actually pregnant. Back then, I mean, that was really scandalous, you know. According to Troy Taylor's book, No Rest for the Wicked, Wicked, she had, quote, seduced, end quote, by her boyfriend, William Wood, who was the son of a Methodist minister. He convinced her that she needed to have an abortion because having a child out of wedlock was not the thing back then, and it was majorly looked down upon. Oh, I need to read this next part straight out of the book, No Rest for the Wicked, because it truly is mind-blowing to me, and I didn't want to paraphrase it. Wood had made arrangements with the operation with his friend named Scott Jackson, who was attending the Ohio College of Dental Surgery in Cincinnati. Unbeknownst to Wood, Jackson was allegedly a member of an occultist group that met in a former slaughterhouse in Wilder, Kentucky, mm. which is now a bar that I've been to many times called Bobby Mackey's. Let that sink in. Let, Wait, you've been marinate. to a bar that used to be a slaughterhouse? Yes. It's well, it's not a slaughterhouse anymore. It, well, they right. tore that down, <laughs> but we'll get we'll get to it. Bobby Mackey's Music okay. World, I'm pretty sure is what it's called. Okay. He went to school for dental surgery and was supposed to abort a child. Oh my god. Did he not check his credentials? Did he think this was enough credentials? He was like, that's good. This guy and Scott Jackson was like, I can easily do that. Which they're very different things. I can like remove teeth. teeth, So like, you know, I can do this. No big deal. It's the same thing. Oh my God. That is horrifying. Mm -hmm. Pearl was last seen by her parents on January 28th when she told them she was going to Indianapolis. Instead, she went to Cincinnati for her abortion. At this time, she was five months pregnant. Oh, my God. I know. So you can see where this is going. Mm -hmm. So this is one of those points where I'm, like, going to get a little graphic. So maybe skip ahead a minute or two because it's going to get a little dark. So Scott Jackson – at first tried to abort the baby by using chemicals, which ended up being cocaine, which was later found in her system. When that failed, he tried to use dental tools, and when oh he didn't, God. and when that didn't go smoothly, he was scared and not sure what to do. So he got his roommate, Alonzo Walling, who was also in school for dental surgery, in on the plan to murder her because they had fucked her up basically enough. Oh, Oh, so yep. he wasn't like initially going in thinking he wanted her. to murder her. He was just like, "Oh shit, no. yeah, this He's is like good. This is not going well." Oh my god, I know the visuals that I'm having is and so just disturbing. Your roommate in on it, like, "Yo, Caitlin, can you help me Come for over. a second? So oh. they took Pearl Bryan to Fort Thomas and decapitated her with dental tools. Oh. It was determined by a doctor that she had been alive at the time of her decapitation. Oh, why? I know. That's really gross. Why? But I promise this 
it gets wild. So that's why oh. I'm doing this case. I didn't want to like gross yeah. anyone out, but unfortunately, that's just the reality of this that's case. Such a horror, that's such a a turn from like decapitating someone is so it's got to be so slow and gruesome with dental tools. Like, couldn't you have just? This sounds horrible, but like something like a poison to just you know cover your tracks. Especially back then, I feel like poison was such a thing. I know. I feel like all of those just like if if you were, I'm just thinking like if you were like, oh shit, I fucked up. Mm-hmm. You think you would just do something not decapitating is what I'm saying. That is horrifying. Yeah. Yes. So on February 1st, night or 18, see, I'm like not used to saying 1800s. Clearly (laughs) you're saying 1900s. 1896, a 17 year old was walking home from work in Fort Thomas, Kentucky, where he discovered the body of a headless woman. Cincinnati detective Cal Krim found a size eight woman shoe located near the scene. Newspapers released the information on the murder and that the shoe was there and that there was a label in it that read 22-11-62458. A Kentucky shoe merchant saw that and recognized it as a shoe that was manufactured by a cobbler in Portsmouth, Ohio. Mm. He relayed that information to the detectives and they found that only 12 pairs of that shoe were sold and they went to a salesman in Pearl's hometown in Indiana Mm. and only nine of the 12 pairs were sold and eight of the owners were still alive and the final person (gasps) was Pearl who was missing. Whoa. That is some weird, weird just only 12 chairs too like <laughs> i know this is way back when this is back when you had to hand make everything <laughs> it's like 12 is good yeah but Whoa. the fact that this guy was like oh i, n- I know those numbers i'm gonna just call Imagine, the local yeah. detective oh i know so like people were so intelligent back then especially <laughs> in the area of expertise compared to now yeah oh my gosh right crazy everything fell into place from there her parents explained that she was supposed to be in indianapolis but never received a telegram and her boyfriend revealed that she was actually in cincinnati with scott jackson on february 5th he was arrested and his roommate was arrested the following day how much time passed from when she was killed and someone found her a day okay i was about to say what happened to this boyfriend like isn't he looking out for her where'd she like he obviously knew where she was but you think that would be two days i don't know but okay if if it was only that much time that makes she sense. left on january 28th so i'd assume she probably didn't get there till the 29th mm-hmm. and i don't it's know how you quickly just, you know yeah text someone both jackson and walling which is his roommate mm-hmm. turned on each other and pointed their fingers at another The defense argued that she was killed in Cincinnati, that she had been under great pain, so they tried to sedate her with chloroform and accidentally killed her and decided to behead her in Kentucky to conceal her identity. Oh, that's why they Mm -hmm. killed her. Jackson and Walling were both offered life sentences instead of execution if they were to reveal the location of Pearl's head. Both men refused. They claimed to be afraid of suffering from Satan's wrath if they revealed where the head was. Still, there are many guesses as to where they put it. Some people think that both Jackson and Walling were dental students, and at the time, dental students could, or they practiced on cadavers, Mm -hmm. and so they said that potentially they sold it to the college, which... Oh my I, god. I don't understand how that would work. Like, yo, here's this head. Here's I just a head. I don't know what happened to the rest of the body. That would be way too <laughs> sus. There's no right? way. People would be like, what the fuck, dude? And then some people wonder if it was cremated in the campus's furnace, which oh. likely some people believe it was buried at the slaughterhouse, which is where the cult would practice. And they just wanted to protect the identities of the people in that cult, so they oh. decided not to reveal. Oh, my god! They went to the gallows behind the courthouse in Newport on March 21st, 1897. It was the last public hanging in Campbell County. However, a newspaper reported that when the noose was slipped around Walling's head, he promised to haunt the area. And because of that, there are tragedies that happened to many people involving in the case. So like the what the lawyers, all these people apparently suffered from like death at a random occurrence or just like bizarre things happened with their families. And people claim that Bobby what Mackey's, which is where the slaughterhouse was, is haunted to this day. 
because Brian's head was never recovered. Dun, 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 dun. Ooh. I know. What the fuck? Scary. Oh, my God. And you've been there? Mm-hmm. Have you felt any, any weird energy besides, um, you know, drunk people? Yeah. Well, for Whoa. shits and giggles, I did some research about the haunting of Bobby Mackey's, which was formerly the slaughterhouse for the sake of the podcast. And I found all this information on the Travel Channel's website. So I'm just going to read you a few of the experiences that people have had. So some people believe the building's basement holds a gateway or portal to hell itself. Oh. A reference to the long abandoned slaughterhouse well. Stairs near the well in this old slaughterhouse has been deemed the stairs that lead to nowhere. Phantom footsteps can be heard on these stairs. Hmm. Some believe that spirits can't cross flowing waters, so the rare northern current of the Linking River may be keeping the dark forces trapped inside the building. The fuck? I know. I've never heard that, but, you know, I'm here for it. (laughs) News to me. A former caretaker that lived in the apartment upstairs claims that he had been demonically possessed by the spirits. His exorcism was performed by in the club by a minister. Oh, my God. I know. I think... Possessions are so wild. I know. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe, like, they happen. I know. Oh, my gosh. People have it on camera and stuff. It's just – it's bizarre to me. It's like I don't want to believe it, but I want to believe it, but, you know. I know. Whenever I watch movies like The Exorcist or whatever and then they do, you know, trying to get it out of them, I'm like – I. it's hard for me to fathom that it's Mm -hmm. not just – because it's so far-fetched. It, exactly. Oh, my God. That's not all. A patron claims to have experienced suffocating heat, a flying trash can, a man with a handlebar mustache repeating, <laughs> die game, die game. Latin what? for dying well, dying good in the men's restroom. What the fuck? Bobby Mackey's wife claimed to have overcome by a scent of roses in the basement Grabbed around the waist, picked up, thrown down, pushed down the stairs by force, <gasps> and come again by a force that resembled sketches of Alonzo Walling screaming, "Get out, get out!" She refuses to set foot in the club ever again. Imagine, imagine being thrown, like grabbed by your waist and thrown by nothing. I would never be back there either. Are you kidding? What Bobby f- Mackey claims to not be a believer, but he did write a song entitled Johanna about the young girl who committed suicide in the basement in the 1950s. Bobby Mackey's friend, Doug Hensley, wrote a a book called Hell's Gate, which connects the events in the past to the hauntings of the present of Bobby Mackey's. Mm -hmm. Historical photos of Pearl Bryan matches witnesses' descriptions of a headless ghost dressed in turn-of-the-century clothing and photos of Buck Brady, who's a former owner of like whenever they tore down the slaughterhouse they built a casino there so uh-huh. he owned it at one time his ghost also matches the description of a ghost that has been seen a headless ghost nearly headless neck weird right mm-hmm. hot spots in the club include the su- the spotlight room the catwalk over the stage the well in the basement the old china room the platform near the kitchen people have also claimed to see ghosts in the big pitted mirror in the main room don't think I'd be looking in the mirror. But like I kind of want you to now. <laughs> I go home and I'm going to be like, let's go to Bobby Mackey's. And everyone's you see a like, headless ghost fuck? just like you dancing behind you. <laughs> <laughs> Grinding on me. <laughs> Grabbing your waist. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to really, get possessed by a demon. really drunk. Holy shit. People see me on a dance floor and they're all like, what the fuck is this girl doing? And I'm like backing it up. (laughs) Filming like stories with (laughs) – just dancing with Pearl guys. No big deal. Uh, The club manager claims that on several occasions she would go to the club and make sure everything was turned off and closed down for the night. Then hours later, she'd find that the bar's lights were on, the front doors were unlocked, the jukes – the jukebox would be playing the anniversary waltz, even though the jukebox was unplugged and did not contain that song. Okay. What? I know. One That's more. fucking wild. Another club employee has seen a very dark, angry man behind the bar in spirit who calls himself Johanna. She would often speak to him and leave the scent of roses in her wake. Apparently, this I mean, Johanna girl would wear rose perfume. That was like her signature. Oh. So that's why everyone smells that. 
That's a good scent to leave behind. You know, at least it's not something rank. Like, like a roses. Fart. There could be worse things. <laughs> like, oh, what's up, girl? <laughs> so, yeah, that's the Whoa. haunting of Bobby Mackey's and the murder of Pearl Bryan. That's wild. I and know. horrifying. I'm – But so interesting. Yeah. There's so much that goes into it. I like how it kind of continues into a, a know, bar. Like a, and and they still have stories with that. Hoo-hoo. Spooky. Mm-hmm. I've only ever been to Bobby Mackey's once because it's in Wilder, which there's not much to do in Wilder, Kentucky, to mm-hmm. be fair. And I don't really understand why Bobby Mackey was like, hmm, I'm going to – gonna take this old casino and i'm gonna turn it into a bar in wilder kentucky like dude you're i'm pretty sure a country singer i don't know maybe (laughs) stick to i feel like so many country singers have bars yeah (laughs) i'm like oh another one i see like on the news i'm like oh another one came out with a bar (laughs) because you know obviously people can make shit up or add to the story of Mm -hmm. uh, the legend but i mean come on if you really thought you were grabbed by the waist and thrown down stairs or whatever she was thrown down i mean bitch i'm pretty sure there's a buzzfeed episode on the haunting of bobby mackey's i think i read that so yeah there's a lot of stuff like travel channel episodes about this area because it is such a paranormal place and i feel Mm -hmm. like there's not that many and so people really latch onto them whenever they find them so i loved how that true crime connected True crime to hauntings because, you know, we love hauntings. And just imagine first grade Sarah walking by a White House being like, oh, my God, I saw a ghost. (laughs) (laughs) How dare you think she would be there when she's grinding all of the dance floors? Yeah. Quick break to tell you guys about our sponsor for today's show, which is Green Chef. Green Chef is the first USDA certified organic meal kit company, and they use a wide variety of high quality, clean ingredients, so you can feel good about what you're eating. And you guys, I am so impressed. Alex and I have been making Green Chef meals all week, and I am salivating thinking about all of them because they're so good. We just had a little date night and made the cauliflower bowls with this insane green goddess dressing. Ooh, it was 10 out of 10. Super easy to make too and all the ingredients come pre-made pre-measured easy to follow recipes and photos to guide you along which was so helpful because i'm such a visual person sarah and i also love green chef because they fit both of our lifestyles plant-based for me balanced meals for her they also offer keto and paleo dishes so tons of options for everyone and you'll never get bored since there's always new recipes to try every week it's just the best and we got the hookup for our loaded listeners just go to greenchef.com 90 loaded and use code 90 loaded to get 90 dollars off and you get free shipping heck yes it's the number one meal kit for eating well and i promise you're gonna love it so again that's greenchef.com slash 90 loaded with the code 90 loaded and with that let's get back to the show so fast forward 100 years for this next case <laughs> now cars were truly in yes <laughs> cars were definitely thriving cars were on the road <laughs> there were highways so the next case is also based in cincinnati i originally heard about it because of this netflix series i am a killer the episode Ooh. is season two titled trapped if anyone wants to watch it if you haven't watched i am a killer it was really fucking awesome i do need You're to true- watch that <sighs> have you watched it ever no because oh alex hates that shit so oh, that's right well, if you're true crime obsessed like me, you've got to watch it. It's so yeah. good. I got my dad into the show. I highly recommend watching this exact episode for visual purposes. It's just really Love entertaining. Mm-hmm. So you everyone know. go watch it after this episode. Or just like Google her. I don't know. Hearing okay. the story told by her is so wild to me because she almost had me convinced because the way that the episode has it set up is that they – let her tell her side of the story and then wait who is her what I'll, i'm gonna google so i can have a visual of this person oh, okay linda lee couch linda Ka- oh my god okay not uh-huh. how i pictured her so she had me convinced that you know she was a beaded wife and she had a justified reason to kill her husband and then obviously like everything unravels and they're like this happened then this happened then this happened all the mm. facts of the cases come out and you're like oh god like, this oh girl's shit batshit. i was played 
So this case takes place in the 1980s in Price Hill, which is on the west side of Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. Linda was born and raised in Cincinnati. She met her husband, Walter, at a wedding reception when she was 16 years old. She goes to her mom. She's like, yo, who is that guy? And her mom's like, I have no idea. Why don't you go introduce yourself? And she's like, sure. So she just takes a swing of her mom's beer. (laughs) Ballsy, Linda. Ballsy 16-year-old. She's like, all right, got to get some liquid courage. (laughs) Go find a man. <laughs> so she waltz up to Walter, introduces herself, and they hit it off. Within three months, hey, they were engaged. Wow. All His right. family says he Waste was a no great time. guy, hardworking man, was loved by many people, typical. So they moved into Walter's house, which was technically owned by his parents until 18... 19, oh, my God. Too many 18... <laughs> oh, my God. I'm drunk. Until 1983, when he transferred the deed to his name and that nothing would go to Linda. According to Linda, their relationship was great until they got married. As soon as she was pregnant, things took a turn for the worse. At one point during a fight, he pushed her down the flight of stairs when she was pregnant with her first child, Roxanne. Oh no, that bitch did not. Yep. That's horrible. I know, sad. Once Roxanne was born, he hated the sound of a baby crying, and he would punish Linda for bringing the baby into the home. But yet she went on to have a daughter and a son with Walter, because obviously back then it wasn't as You don't just leave your, yeah. You probably don't have a job. You're Mm -hmm. just taking care of kids. Exactly. So she claims that for the same reason he just hated Roxanne, and in his eyes she could do nothing right, and he would punish her with his belt. To be a good mom, Linda took the beatings for Roxanne. Walter never touched the other two children, but... As Roxanne got older, she started to look more and more like Linda, and because of this, Roxanne got the beatings. She was beaten every day with a belt by her father, so much that she would get used to it and just lay down for the beatings. Oh my god, that is horrible. Sometimes when Walter would go out drinking, he would come back with his friends, and they would rape Linda. This happened on more than one occasion, at least according to her. However, she never mentioned this part in her trial, and she never mentioned it until years after her convent conviction and never even brought it up to her lawyer. So Linda started studying to become a nurse to get out of the house. And Walter wanted Linda to quit the program and take, take care of the kids and him. One night, things got heated over this discussion that they often had. And Walter pulled out a gun that they had recently purchased. The way Linda tells the story is that she was doing it to protect her daughter, Roxanne, because if Linda wasn't around to take the beatings, she knew that it would fall back on Roxanne. Yet, Roxanne claims her mother never took the beatings for her, and she would walk out the door and turn a blind eye to it. Linda? So, she's kind of a liar. Ugh. Who let your child just take beatings? I know. And just and like just pretend it's not happening. Away. So the night the fight escalated, she claimed she had gotten the gun out of Walter's hands and she basically secured it, tripped over a bed, and shot him in the back of the head. <laughs> I'm sorry. Can you repeat this? <laughs> she was fighting with him. He had uh-huh. the gun. He's the one yep. that got it out. She gets it out of his hands. She trips over a bed and it goes directly into the back of his head. Got it. All right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So this was on October 13th, which is my grandma's birthday, 1984. And she killed her husband at 14 years. All right. But like she just tripped though. She didn't actually do it. She she tripped and it just went off. Yeah. Yeah, It was an accident. Yeah. So Walter's parents could not get a hold of him and they were concerned when they would ask about his whereabouts. Linda said that he had left her and the kids and she was unsure of where he ended up going. This decision was something that didn't bother her because obviously there were a lot of issues in the marriage, but she wanted to continue her studies as as a nurse. Obviously that struck his parents as like, that's kind of weird that you're just so chill about it. Uh, Yeah. Still, while waiting to see if Walter would turn up, they visited the house and Linda one day asked Walter's father to help dig dig a hole in the backyard because she wanted to put a garden back there. And he did so. (laughs) Oh my god, I can't. Apparently, the kids also helped er, make this hole. I'm sorry, I'm building a garden. Can you like help me build like a six feet deep? Mm -hmm. So they also noticed her actions were a bit odd because suddenly she purchased a new car, about $1,300 in new furniture, 
Oh. And took the kids on a trip to Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Did she rip out the carpet too? <laughs> well, Patrick Dickin Locker. Dickin Locker. Oh, what a name. Was the prosecutor. I know. I Dickin Locker and Linda. When Couch. he said it <laughs> when he said it on the episode, I was like, Can I can I hear that again? <laughs> He was oh able to create a timeline that was able to go against the battered wife victim case. He discovered that two weeks before the murder, she cut up the deed for the house and was somehow able to get her name on the deed so that she would have ownership of it. The forged oh. document showed she bought the house from his parents for a dollar. A dollar? A dollar. She really went for it. Okay. Yeah. A he hustler. does did not... He does not deny that she was abused. He did argue that eventually she believes her own lies that she makes up many years behind the bars, which I feel like is probably common. October 8th, five days before the murder, she took her. She told her kids that they'd be spending the weekend at the grandparents. On the 9th, she goes to a store and buys a 22 caliber gun. At the store, she's shown how to load it. October 13th, she murdered her husband. Mm-hmm. On October 23rd, after the suspicion... That he helped dig a hole for Walter's grave, Walter's father called the police to check the backyard. The second they stepped foot in the backyard, they could smell it. The police oh. found Walter rolled up in carpet, dug in the hole. There's the carpet. Oh, There's the carpet. Oh my God. She was sentenced to 20 years to life in prison. She finished her minimum sentence in the early 2000s and has been denied parole more than a half a dozen times most (laughs) recently denied at the beginning of 2021 oh shit still going for it that's where it ends crazy woman so i wonder so he really did like lay a hand on her or or the daughter he he definitely abused the mom and the daughter Uh never once abuse the other two children which is really interesting weird you think it would be like consistent but roxanne claims that her mom never helped her whenever she was getting abused and the most interesting part for me was that she doesn't want her mom out of prison she thinks she should be there and she's one of those people that really firmly believes her mom believes her own lies yeah hasn't spoken to her crazy way Mm-hmm. It's interesting because you you would almost think maybe she would – I don't know if you want to say like empathize in a way if she was, you know, also like hurt by this man and be like, I can see why she did what she did. Mm-hmm. But there must be more to it if she if she's not. I don't know. And so to this day, she thinks – Linda thinks that she really did just trip and, and accidentally shoot her husband. Yep. <laughs> but like in the back of the head all the pre-stuff like she learned how to load this gun you she know bought the gun the deed it's it's she just... told the kids that they were going to the grandparents house on the day yeah. that she murdered her husband it's just a little too much planning for me linda you the craziest part this. to me is that she had her husband's father dig the hole that she put her right. husband's you, why body Why would you in. want – you think you'd just do that all yours. I mean – But also, it's going to stink. Ooh. And Apparently, also, why would you want it on your property if you're going with the whole, like, he just left storyline, yet he's just in your backyard? Like, you think you would just drive – if you're getting a new car anyway, like, drive it out and <laughs> – I'm just saying. Make it make sense, Linda. <laughs> She was studying to be a nurse, but clearly wasn't using common sense because we know how to get away with murder. Duh, Linda. <laughs> oh, my God. That is so oh, Isn't bizarre. that crazy? Oh, Linda. Gosh. I just I need to watch this episode now. It's I want to hear her bizarre. lie to The entire series, I Am a Killer, is like that. They're just It's crazy to cases. see people – Recount. Either be so good at lying or truly, oh, yeah, yeah, like you said, believe their lies. They've just convinced themselves and come up with this this storyline. I feel like she was kind of trying to take the Betty Broderick approach, like the battered wife, gaslit wife, all mm-hmm. of that. Oh, creepy. So some Cincinnati true crime. Maybe next time we'll cover some cases based in Minnesota or Wisconsin because Lord knows there's plenty in Wisconsin. I did think about sharing – Oh yeah, this one that it's a it's a pretty good one. I got I became obsessed with this one story when I was a kid. So maybe I'll share it in a future Minnesota themed true crime. I love that. Yes, and 
I thought we would end today's episode by giving Sarah a little true crime trivia. Ooh. To see, to test her knowledge. Oh, on cool. Her, I love on that. Some true crime. I just gathered a couple uh, so, you know, we can, I can keep this going for future true crimes and keep testing mm-hmm. your knowledge. So we're okay. going to start off, you know, just kind of basic and then we'll, we'll test it and, and go from there. Are you ready, Sarah? I'm so ready. This sounds so fun. Okay. So the first question is which country has had the most serial killers? USA? Canada, England, or Colombia? Ooh. I know Canada has some fucked up shit. So that's where (laughs) I'm torn because I watched this YouTube channel called That Chapter and I feel like every episode he's like, today we're going to Canada. Really? I'm going to have to go with the United States. You are correct. There is about 3,204 serial killers from the U.S., Next Next question. The most common method used by serial killers, stabbing, strangulation, shooting, poisoning, or burning? Strangulation? That's what I would have guessed too, and it's actually shooting. Nearly half of the 10,000 recorded serial killer murders in the U.S. were done by shooting. I know that they say that strangulation is more personal yeah Mm -hmm. so i guess that kind of makes sense because a lot of serial killers don't know their victims and they just go bang 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 exactly but i just feel like that is messy that's why i said strangulation i know that's what i would have thought that too um next question is where is murderville usa new york city new york austin texas charlotte north carolina santa cruz california or richmond Richmond, Virginia. I cannot say Virginia. I'm going to have to go with Santa Cruz. Correct. In February 1973, the bodies of four young men were discovered in a makeshift cabin in the Redwood State Park. The district attorney of Santa Cruz County said to newspapers, we must be the murder capital of the world right now. Um, The term black widow is used to describe women who kill their own partners their husbands or lovers, what do you call a male black widow? This one doesn't have options for you. It's just... I have no idea. <laughs> I've never even thought about that. I would just call it a male black widow. <laughs> I know. I know. I would have too. Apparently, they're called bluebeards. It's derived from the blue-black facial hair. I would have never. I know. It's derived from the blue-black facial hair of this man named Gil... I don't know. It's a French name. Gilles de Ray... De Ray? I don't know. He's nice. a French knight who killed hundreds of young men in the 15th century France. Interesting. A blue beard. Who knew? Sounds too much like blue balls to me, so... <laughs> <laughs> Might as well just call him blue blue balls. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. He's a blue ball. He's a blue ball. What was John Wayne Gacy's last meal? An unpitted olive, a bucket of KFC, a bowl of melted ice cream, apple pie, or chicken parm with fettuccine alfredo. I'm going to have to go with KFC on that one. You are correct. He went out with the pound of strawberries, a bucket of KFC, a dozen fried shrimp, and french fries. In his last words, do you know? Do you know what his last words were? Uh, Allegedly, kiss my ass. (laughs) So... (laughs) classy very classy why would he throw in a pound of strawberries i'm pretty sure our friend caitlin her mom went to school or something or knew a relative of john wayne gacy because he's based in chicago i'm pretty sure that's ask her about it all right i will the last question is question is what killer was caught because he left a bloody footprint on his victim the Golden State Killer, the Green River Killer, the Long Island Killer, the Night Stalker. Um, it's not the Golden State. I'm just going to take a guess and do Night Stalker. Correct! Wow. I didn't look. I forgot to write down the, the information about that one. But that was the correct <laughs> answer. So, yeah, one, two, three. I missed one. Or, yeah, the Bluebeard and the method of killing. So you did, you did well. You passed Thanks, the serial killer trivia. 
today. I think serial killers are like one of my favorite topics. I remember in the early 2000s, there was like a serial killer going on and he apparently was shooting people on the top of the restaurant Ponderosa. Have you ever heard of Ponderosa? It's like a steakhouse type place. It's not, I don't think it's a restaurant anymore, but um, and we had one of those in Newport, Kentucky. And I remember just it, the Ponderosa is right next to our famous pizza place mm-hmm. in Cincinnati called The Roses. And I remember just being like, <laughs> oh my God. Sarah was covering, covering her head, head and ducking there. <laughs> oh my God. I'm pretty sure it was in like Denver or something random like that. But, but you never know. They can travel, okay? Young Sarah, dramatic. You got to protect your head. <laughs> Oh my god. Serial killers, man. I just don't get how They're so scary. They're so scary. And I don't get how people think they can get away with it these days with the advancements in technology and Yeah, just- it's really risky mm-hmm. in this day and age. It's just too easy. I wouldn't do- I wouldn't advise being a serial killer, but I would not advise it. Um, don't even think about it. Well, that so was that's a-, a that was a fun episode. Thanks for sharing these Cincinnati stories with us. I really so cute. Mu- I enjoyed it. A little true crime for my nice Thursday morning. Over I want to do a podcast on up. like hauntings. I think that'd be yeah. really fun because this past weekend I went, like I said to you last mm-hmm. episode, I went to Elvis's former brothel that he used to frequent and yeah. apparently haunted by like strippers and stuff. I'm like, that's so cool. There's just so many interesting haunted places. I like know. That- I, I bet there's a ton over here in like Hollywood or something. Ooh, we should also or the do Beverly a Hills true Hotel. Crime. I know is like, oh yeah, got some shit. We should do Ooh. an episode on LA, like Hollywood true crime. Mm-hmm. Oh, that'd be yeah. a good one. I think that'd be so interesting. I know, but so much shit goes down. Dun, dun, dun. Playboy bunnies, all of it. I want to know it all. Woo! Well, thank you guys for joining us for a little true crime Tuesday. I hope, you know, this enlightens your Tuesday. <laughs> really a good note, you know. Really positive. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes it'd be like that. And sometimes we just want to be – just have a little entertaining moment. Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit different content than you're used to here on That's Loaded. There weren't many dick you never jokes. You know what you're going to get. Balls. Just blue balls. Yeah. Kept yeah. it a little bit more mature. Good for us. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Don't forget to look up Evan Peters in Amanda Stanton's Child. Yes. Compare the two. Let us Mm -hmm. know that we are justified in our belief that they are the same person. They, Yeah, they could be like clones. I'm not. Mm -hmm. I I can't confirm. On that note, (laughs) see you next Tuesday. (laughs) See you next Tuesday. Bye.